Several months ago, we started going through this text, and if you have been with us for the last several weeks, we, we have um, talking about Paul and his authority getting up to chapter 8. This is the, the purpose, really, of the whole text of 2 Corinthians was because of a gift that Paul asked the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 to give a gift to the church of Jerusalem who was struggling through some financial uh, areas of life. But the reason why Paul does not address this in chapter 1 is because there were some false teachers around saying that Paul was not a true apostle. So he spent, it seems like, the first seven chapters trying to get to chapter 8. And then chapter 8 and chapter 9 are some glorious texts about giving uh, in response to needs that are around. So this morning I want us to talk about the joy of generous giving. If you go back and read the Gospels in Luke chapter 19, where Jesus encounters a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man who always received. He was a tax collector. And he was a wee little man. He was a short man. And he went up in that sycamore tree. And because Jesus was about to pass by. And Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today. And you remember how the story ended with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus gave his life to the Lord. He said, I will give half of my goods to the poor. And then anybody that I've wronged, I will, I will give back to them fourfold. When Jesus changes your heart, what he gives you is a heart to give. There are no Christians in our world, true, genuine Christians who are not givers. Now there may be some who are out of fellowship with the Lord and may not be in a right relationship with the Lord. But when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, he gives you a heart to give. Saved people are giving people because of what Christ has put inside your heart. Now the scripture says in these first couple of verses, moreover brethren, this is verse 1 of chapter 8, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches in Macedonia or, or of Macedonia, that in a great trial of, of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their riches, uh, abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in all the riches of their liberality. Let me give you a couple of things this morning to think about the joy of generous giving. I pray that every believer that is here this morning has a generous heart, and if not, that God would, would, uh, would through His grace, pour out to you a heart that, is, uh, that will give. In these first nine verses that we read just a few minutes ago, the word grace is mentioned five times. The whole aspect of giving is because of what Christ has done for you. The grace that He has given you. The word grace here means it's a gracious inclination to give. And Paul gives an example of the churches of Macedonia. This is not the church of Corinth. Paul is saying, let me give you an example of some other churches that are giving and that are generous givers. You ask, like me sometimes, what, is Mas what are some of the churches of Macedonia? Philippi, which is where we get our, word, our, our letter to the Philippians. Thessalonica, the 1st uh, and 2nd Thessalonians, the church of, of, of Berea. These are some of the churches of Macedonia that Paul is giving an example of what it means to be a generous giver. So a couple of things this morning. Number one, grace giving. Grace giving is selfless. Grace giving is selfless. Anytime you are a 
giving something or you are a giver as a believer, it's something that is not your nature. It is selfless. It is something that Christ does inside of you. Let me read these verses again because these are, the, these are powerful verses, these first two verses. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God that was poured out or bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Look at verse 2. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality or their single-mindedness. Grace given is selfless. This church, a couple of characteristics. Number one, the Bible says in verse 2 that they had deep poverty. This was a poor church. This was a church that was not well off. This was a church that where deep poverty means almost nothing. It means the bottom of the barrel. It means they were dirt poor. Now you understand all of us from Mississippi what it means to be dirt poor. When somebody says that, it means they have almost nothing. That's what this church was characterized as, as one who had almost nothing. Not only were they poor, but the Bible also says in verse 2 that they had a great trial of affliction. They were being crushed by life. This was a word that was used in New Testament life to, to crush grapes. That because of their relationship with Christ, not only were they poor, but they were also afflicted on every side. Everything was going against them to be a giver. Because they were persecuted, they didn't have anything. They had almost nothing. Their grinding poverty and their crushing tribulation made life very difficult, impossible would it seem by our standards. But notice what happens. The Bible says in the middle of their affliction and in their poverty was the abundance of their joy. The abundance of their joy. The word abundance means surplus. It means that they have an overflow. It means that they were giving out of a surplus of the grace that God has given you. Aren't you glad that God's grace does not just fall on certain types of people? It doesn't just fall on the wealthy. It doesn't just fall on this class or this class. But this was a group of people who had a great joy to do the work of God. And God's grace has poured out on them. And they, get, they gave, not based on what they had, not based on their affliction, but they gave out of what Christ had already given them, out of the abundance of their, uh, of, of the abundance of their joy, the abundance of the grace. Paul used this word to describe God's saving grace, the, the abundance of their joy in Romans 5.17 that he pours out on believers through Jesus Christ. You know what Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, that we have been blessed by all spiritual blessings. You have everything you need in life. You realize that? You have everything you need in life. God has blessed you. God has poured out his blessings upon you and because of that we give gladly we give freely and we give joyfully because of what Christ has done and in the last part of verse 2 says that even in their deep poverty they abounded that's the verb form of the word abundance they abounded in the riches of their liberality the word liberality means simplicity 
their sincerity. It's the opposite of being double-minded. It's the opposite of being a hypocrite or a, a pharisaical lifestyle. They were single-minded and they gave no thought to themselves or to this world when it came to their giving. Most of us, maybe some of the young people may not quite understand this, but most of us understood what happened in 2008. 2008, there was a, uh, a shift in the presidential election, and at the same time, there were, uh, that we were under a crisis. We were under a financial strain in our country. The economy was tough, and different things happened. All of us were affected in one way, shape, form, or fashion from what happened. And, and many of us, maybe you may still be seeing the effects of that. But what we were tempted to say during an economic depression was to say, well, we need to kind of hold back on what we want to do for, the God, for God or what we want to do for the Lord. You know, the, the economy is really tough right now. So because of that, we may need to hold back on our giving. We may need to not fulfill the purpose or plan that God may have for our life. But when we say that, we base our giving on the economy of the United States instead of the economy of heaven. And as a believer, we do not base our giving on the circumstances around us or on the economy of the United States. We base our giving on the economy of heaven. And the economy of heaven says something like this. I know exactly how many pieces of hair are on your head. The economy of heaven says this. I know exactly how many grains of sand are on the seashore. The economy of heaven says I own the cattle of a thousand hills. The economy of heaven says I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings. The economy of heaven says I have given you according to the riches of his glory. I have given you everything you need. So our giving is not based on who you are or what you are. You say, Brother John, I don't have a lot. Neither did the church of Macedonia. Brother John, I'm really going through a tough time. So did the church of Macedonia. So all the excuses that we come up with, this church had those, yet they gave with joy. See, giving is a selfless. We take our eyes off of our stuff and we put it on the grace that God has given us and it's caused us to be a selfless giver. If we don't learn to give when we have nothing, we will never give when we have something. If you don't learn to give when you are poor and you have nothing, then you will never give when you have something. Grace giving is selfless. But number two, grace giving is sacrificial. Verse three says, I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. Grace giving is sacrificial. The word there in verse 3 says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, even beyond what they were able to do, there's the sacrificial aspect of grace giving. They were freely willing. They weren't made. They were not coerced. It was their choice. And the Bible says in verse 4, they implored to us, this was a church, the church of Macedonia, that begged Paul to take up an offering. Hey, we implore to you, we beg you that you would take up an offering, that you would give us the opportunity to give, that you would give us an opportunity to be a blessing and to share what Christ has done for us. 
Would you be upset today if we didn't take up an offering? The church right here says, yeah, we would be. We beg you. We beg you to give us an opportunity to pour out what God has poured inside of us. See, as a follower of Christ, talking about giving and talking about finances and money and all those things, it doesn't bother us. In fact, it gives us, it turns on the light bulb for us to be able to share what Christ has done for us. They implore us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. I have never met a generous giver that did not enjoy giving. You see, sacrificial giving is not about our ability. It's not our, 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 our status in life. It's not how much wealth we have or we have not. It's not about being well off. It's about being willing. It's a privilege. It's joyously enthusiastic. Whether it is a large gift or whether it's two mites. Like the widow and the gospels. We simply give sacrificially to the kingdom of God because of the grace that he's given us number three the Bible says in verse five and not only as we had hoped but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God grace giving is fruitful not only is it is it sacrificial not only is grace uh, grace giving sacrificial grace giving is also selfless but grace giving is also fruitful when we give our life to the Lord the result and the fruit of that is to give to others and Paul notices that he says not only did this church give themselves to us but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God grace is first rooted in our response to God all of you would say we're not our own that Jesus Christ has purchased us and has bought us so we do not own our life and if we do not own our life that means we don't own any part of our life we don't own our possessions we don't own our wealth we don't own our families we don't own anything Christ owns it all and Christ owns it all therefore to be fruitful in that is to be able to give it's easy it's easy to surrender part our wealth when we've already given him everything we've already given him our life so whether it's our finances or anything else we give it to the Lord because the Bible says we first gave ourselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God according to what verse 5 says and there's a big lesson here in verse 5 don't give a dime to the Lord until you have first given the Lord your life. If we're not careful, we will look at people who may give, and as a temptation, and as we look at different things, we will accept gifts or do this or do that, and they may give as a means to earn the grace of God. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus does not want anything from you except your life. Because if you try to earn your way by giving money, it will not get you anywhere except in eternity without Jesus Christ. We give our life to the Lord. 
And as a result of giving our life, we then give graciously, generously, joyously, wherever God may open the door. External giving, apart from a relationship with Christ, will build religious pride to where we want to earn our way to heaven, and that's not the case. So if you're not saved this morning, please don't give the church or anyone any money when it comes to generous giving. First, give Christ your life. And as he pours out his grace upon you, then fruitful grace will pour out of your life. We first gave their life to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Verse 6 says, so we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, and in all diligence and love, of, uh, love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Number four, grace giving is faithful. Grace giving is faithful. It is selfless, it is sacrificial, it is fruitful, and then it is also faithful. Despite all the good qualities, look at verse 7, faith, speech, knowledge, diligence and love this was a church that had a lot together they had a lot to offer and despite all of their good qualities they were incomplete they had said they were going to give a gift and they haven't yet it's been almost a year Paul says hey grow in this as well grow in that grace as well the last part of verse 7 see that you abound in this grace as well there is no way to grow to spiritual maturity without first committing your finances to the Lord. Jesus can have your money without having your heart, but he cannot have your heart without having your money. When Jesus takes control of your heart, he gives you a giving heart, a generous heart to where you desire to joyously and joyfully give sacrificially. Now look at verse 8 and 9. Here's the last one. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. And that you through his poverty might become rich. Number five, grace giving is spiritual grace giving is spiritual Paul is not giving any gimmicks no hidden agenda no pulling of the sleeve pulling of the arm uh, he's not coercing them in any way but he closes by saying this here's the reason why you need to give here's why you have a heart to give and it's spiritual in nature because of the example that Jesus gave for us. Jesus, who had it all, became poor. You can say became nothing. He took the sins of the world. He took our sins. He became nothing so that we who are nothing can become everything. And be blessed with all spiritual blessings which are in Christ Jesus. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. So grace giving is spiritual. It's the heavenly example of giving, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you here today, you are rich. 
in the eyes of Jesus. He has given you everything that you need for the purpose of being a generous giver. Giving generously is one of the biggest tests of faith that you will ever have. Because it means letting go of something that is so valuable. It means letting go of something that you think about probably half the time every day. Either by buying something or by saving something or by working, earning a check or by spending or putting something in a bank. You're constantly talking about finances and numbers and how you're going to make it and your budget and your children and all those different things. It consumes you. And yet the Bible says in verse 9 that look at the example of Jesus. That through his eyes we become rich. He looks upon us and he's given us everything out there for us to enjoy and for us to in turn show a measure of grace to the church around us. So do you enjoy giving? Now you may not shout for joy, but it ought to give you a reason to. It ought to give you a reason to, to be able to, to, to give back what God has graciously blessed you with. If a church who had almost nothing, bottom of the barrel, in deep affliction, they could have turned their back from, from their relationship with Christ and, and all of the beatings and persecutions would have stopped. But instead they faced that. Not only did they have affliction and poverty, but they gave and they gave beyond their ability. And not just their gifts, but even continuing to lay their life on the, on the line when it comes to their physical life. Yet they still gave and they begged Paul, Paul, give us an opportunity to be a blessing. Generous giving. The joy of generous giving means that your giving is selfless. You don't base your giving on circumstances around you. You base your giving on the grace that God has given you. Your giving is sacrificial. It's not just your ability, but it's beyond your ability. It's like the prayer in, in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able... To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think through the power that works in us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Our giving is fruitful. Our giving is faithful. And our giving is spiritual. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, as you have taught us through your word... God, make us generous givers. Make giving, Lord, a joy in our life. God, as you have blessed, and we're so grateful for your grace, the unmerited favor of our Lord, blessings that we do not deserve, that you have graciously and richly bestowed upon us. May we in turn pour that grace out that has first been poured inside of us. What we've learned this morning, Lord, is giving is not about how much you have or how much you don't have. 
Giving is not about what kind of job you have or what kind of job you don't have. Giving is not about the economy in our country or the, whether it's prospering or whether it's struggling. Giving is di- in direct proportion to our relationship with you. So this morning, Lord, I just pray that we would hear from you. Lord, for every believer that is here this morning, God, I ask that you would help us to search our hearts in the air of our giving. Make us joyful, generous givers of your kingdom. Father, I pray if there's someone that's here that don't have that relationship with you, that personal relationship with you, God, through the conviction of your Holy Spirit, Lord, would they come? Would they come confessing their sins and a desire to repent and trust you, Lord, as their Lord and Savior today? Lord, there may be others who have other decisions that they desire to make this morning, Lord. I just pray, God, you let us hear from you in Jesus' name. Let's stand as we sing.